So, Rachel. Yeah? Kirk and the gang face off against a race of intelligent plants and a mad scientist who wants to impose peace in the galaxy. Whoa. What do you think you're going to get? Great. The scientists will talk to the plants and they'll coo back. Multiple sparks, do you think? Hmm? Maybe the plants will shapeshift and become a Spock army. Oh. And impose peace through worrying, controlling moons. Mm, yeah. The scientist will, of course, be a missing Starfleet man. All right. Well, but that sounds very likely. Let's see how accurate you are. Okay. Rachel watches. Star Trek! Captain's Log, star date 5554.4. The Enterprise has been ordered to survey a new planet recently discovered at the periphery of the galaxy. Welcome to Rachel Watch's Star Trek. Hello, I'm Rachel Lecky. And I'm Chris Lecky, and we are taking Rachel through the animated series of Star Trek. If you're just listening for the first time, the idea here is that my nerdy husband has cajoled me into yeah. watching Star Trek for the very first time and we've actually made it through the whole original series. So yeah. listen back to all of those. And now we're on to the animated series, which is nobody's favourite. No. But actually, I'm finding a lot more interesting than I expected. Me too. It's yeah. a little bit better. Some solid sci-fi concepts and action in these uh, animated shows. Yeah, plenty to get our teeth into. Well, this episode is called The Infinite Vulcan and it was written by Walter Koenig. Ah. Uh. They threw him a bone since yeah. they didn't give him a part in the series. Well, before the decision was made about who was coming back for the original show, they offered him, you know, he can try and write something. He said that this was in a rather oblique manner, I guess, meaning that they were just sort of, we're probably not going to pay any attention to it. So he had a screenplay that he was working on. He pulled the old ask the producer's assistant to type up your screenplay trick and she had Jean read it. <laughs> you know that trick? Yeah, that classic trope. <laughs> yeah, he won't be the first one who's tried that, I'm sure. I guess. Anyway, they both loved his writing and commissioned an episode. Back in the day, there was this time where people didn't have computers and had to hand write a script. Yeah, do you think that's odd? I We're mean, from the generation where we grew up without computers for our school assignments. Boy, the time I was in high school, we already had a computer, so I did type stuff up on the computer at oh, home. Oh, right, I didn't. No, you, you hand wrote them and then you typed them on a typewriter? I think by the time I was doing my GCSEs, we had an electric typewriter, which is neither use nor ornament really, but I did do all my essays on that. Yeah. Because you've got a little bit of a erased tape that yeah. you can use on it, but basically it's one shot. You might as well be writing it by hand, but it looks more professional and it seemed kind of high tech at the time. <laughs> But I'm younger than you, so what's going on? That's I, America for you. I it? guess it was America. No, my parents, yeah. they weren't wealthy people, but they thought it was important to have a computer because they saw which way the wind was blowing, I mm -hmm. think, and they wanted me to get in on that. I guess it would have been a different editing process if you'd typed it up. You've got to start the whole thing again, haven't you? You can't just go in and add a line or take a line away. Well, I know that in the old scripts, like when a scene would end, you would start a whole new page. Mm. If you did add something, you could... Just change that page or a few pages. A few pages, yeah. Yeah. I guess it might make you commit more if you're just getting it down on paper. Times have changed so much. <laughs> My dad wrote a lot of plays when I was growing up and he always used to handwrite them first just to get out all the ideas. Of course, yeah. yeah. Gene asked Koenig if he would write for the animated series. And that's what we got here, The Infinite Vulcan. Indeed. So a landing party beams down to Phylos and they discover a city that seems to be abandoned, but it gives off a confused life and power readings. Green grass. Green sky. Blue leaves. 
Lots of curves and spires, very Art Nouveau kind of looking. Yeah, it reminded me a little bit of Gaudi architecture as Uh, well. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Again, doing cool stuff with the animated series. Yeah, it's all in a similar way, I suppose, Mm -hmm. so far. They got a certain palette that they enjoy and they're doing interesting shapes, but yeah, yeah, similar. There's a theme. That's okay. Yeah. It's got a look. Sulo is interested in little fluffy purple plants which uproot, walk about, and then root in again. What is that thing? It's a mobile plant. When it stops, its roots bore back into the ground. They're all over the place. I think it likes me. We always encourage our officers to make friends with the natives. <laughs> do you? <laughs> well, they do a lot of it, don't they? Well, I think everyone knows how Kirk feels about making friends with the natives. <laughs> yeah, impregnate them if he can. But is he giving Sulu the go-ahead with this plant creature? <laughs> well, don't judge. <laughs> it kind of seems like it. <laughs> yeah, He's I guess so. Giving him kind of creepy eyebrows to Sulu. It was uh, It's very strange. <laughs> they love making friends with the natives, no matter what they've seen and experienced. It never works out well. But yeah, any opportunity to just lie down on some cushions and have a banquet, <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> These creatures are called the Retlaw, which is Walter backwards. Oh, Walter. Hmm. Apparently he did something like that in each of his scripts. Sulu picks one of the Retlaw up and of course he gets stung by some kind of venom. McCoy can't find a cure and Sulu's dying. Spock detects they're being scanned and it's coming from a building. And then five green aliens approach. The leader is Agmar. So these guys, they've got heads like asparagus, I guess, but kind Mm. of little sparse hairs where a hair style would be. Yeah. And eyes or antennae on stalks, a shawl of tentacles or arms, Mm -hmm. medallions around the necks and torsos with legs kind of similar height to humans. Mm. Agmar says they have a cure, but McCoy's like, don't you touch my baby Sulu. (laughs) And Kirk is like, dude, he's going to die anyway. Give him a chance. Oh, yeah. So McCoy relents and then they save Sulu with a little droplet of something from its finger. Yeah. The best friends gang is like, how do you guys know how to treat humans? Hmm. And Agmar tells them in the way that they talk is they have these little kind of pendants, like you said, but that their voice comes out of these pendants. Yeah. They're like trans- universal translators. Yeah. Which they don't need, actually, do they? I mean, they're plants. They don't have vocal cords or anything like that. Yeah, they, they don't have mouths or anything. Telepathically somehow or by vibrations or mm-hmm. something. Somehow they're able to translate their communication into audio communication yeah that our crew can understand i like that they're using this concept but really we've needed this concept in every other planet that we've been to so far because <laughs> we're just not clear on where the universal translator is or yes. how it works yeah no yeah you're absolutely correct oh well and i'm still well. after years and years of star trek yeah still really unsure exactly how yeah. that's supposed to work does it turn out when star trek finishes that it was all in kirk's mind or something <laughs> <laughs> is that the spoiler? Is that the big reveal? Uh, no, no, actually it's not. That's <laughs> okay. a good idea, yeah. though. I think maybe they should do that. Agmar tells them that a human had come before them and infected them all with a plague by, oh, mi- by mistake. Thanks a lot. Then this human worked with them to try and find a cure. Oh, that's nice. They're a dying race. These are the five last ones of their species and they can't reproduce. Oh, that old chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> well, Poor things, though. But we do have a lot of this, don't we? We do have a lot of this, now that you point that out. It raises the stakes. It does. Yeah. It's the entire species. It's yeah. a, a type of extinction mm-hmm. that they're facing. True. Agmar takes them into one of the buildings, and there are these giant cobweb-covered remains of creatures that look very similar to them. And he explains that that's the earlier generation and they are lined up in this corridor. Yeah, very strange. Beautiful, interesting, but 
bizarre that they've got these corpses essentially yeah. lined up in a room covered in cobwebs to be visited. They look bigger in scale than the oh. ones that we've just met too. Yeah, yeah. So that's a bit odd. We're about to find out in the show, uh, giants well, are kind of a theme. No problem So maybe that is part of it, mm. that they were giant-sized. Suddenly a purple dragon type thing shows up with a really good flapping sound mm-hmm. and spiraling whipping tentacles for feet. Plant life, Captain. Primitive and aggressive. They won't work on any setting, sir. There is a weapons deactivator in effect here. Your destructive machines will have no effect. I think it's after you, Jim. Kirk to Enterprise. Captain! It's got the hots for Kurt. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's coming for him. What? Yeah, you bet it is. What do you think about them calling everything plant life? I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Ultimately, because it moves like an animal would yeah. move. And it kind of just looks like an animal with some weird tentacle things on there. Yeah, but they don't really go anywhere with it, do they? No. Just because th- you've said it, you have to do more than just say it's plant life, don't Yeah. You? I think it's just to try and indicate that they are very alien and oh, they yeah. work from an entirely different biological standpoint than, than humans and even Vulcans do. But you're right. They don't really go anywhere with it. Yeah. What does define something as a plant? Surely you can't just say it's a plant when it's flying around the place, crocking. Yeah. Yeah, plants have uh, cell walls, mm-hmm. whereas most animals have cell membranes. So mm-hmm. that's oh, one of the fundamental well done. differences. Did you make a model of that when you were at school? I, I did. Yeah, yeah I thought you might have. That's it how def- it gets in there, isn't it? That's def- how you learn. It is how I learn, yeah. yeah. We did drawings. I remember doing lots of drawings of the differences between animal cells and plant cells. Yeah. There's a fundamental difference between them. Mm, you got your photosynthesis and uh, yeah. I don't know what else. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. So there's a weapon deactivator. And they've been trapped, so they can't fire on anything. Mm. These bad things are coming, and for some reason, the plant dudes aren't really doing much about it. Mm. More of them come in, they wrap their tentacles around all the best friends gang and Sulu. These are the dragon-type ones doing this. Yes. And then they abduct Spock, and the rest just fly off, leaving everybody behind. Agmar says Spock has been chosen as a specimen to bring peace. The master has searched many years to find a specimen like Spock, and now all the worlds of the galaxy will share in the beauty of peace and harmony. Ooh, what a strange aim they've got there. Partly benevolent. But also really aggressive, Mm. that they're just kidnapping a dude. Yeah, and they've totally lured them in, these asparagus guys, haven't they, it seems? And then a giant man arrives in a gladiator-type outfit, Dr. Stavos Caniculus V. Look at that for a name. (laughs) Turns out he's the fifth clone. But should you get to call yourself doctor when you haven't done any of the studying exams or the 200-hour work weeks? (laughs) Just because you've been cloned from a doctor, does that make you a doctor? Uh, I think so, yeah. Why? What what makes you you? He has all the memories of the doctor. He has all the Mm. memories of med school and those late nights working in the ER. (laughs) That's lazy, isn't it? (laughs) I say. But it could solve the NHS issues after Brexit. Oh, well, there you go. That's a plus side. I don't know how big exactly he is, but he's huge. Like, they say 50 feet tall in the research. I was already feeling like I was on drugs. (laughs) Yeah, you kept saying that. When I was watching this episode. But when this guy shows up, I thought... Am I on drugs? <laughs> and were you? No, it's just really it is quite weird. Yeah. The design of this giant guy was modeled on Koenig, apparently. Really? I'm, so I read. It doesn't look anything like him. Well, I didn't think it did. Well, what All it right. looked like in the 70s anyway. Hmm. So what should we call him? Big Doctor Five? <laughs> 
<laughs> I like that. That's good. Yeah, okay. So Big Doctor 5 says he claims Spock because he wants to clone him and make a galactic peacekeeping force. So will the clone Spock also be a Starfleet Lieutenant Commander? Well, if he's got all the memories, then yeah, I would guess so. Huh. But he might want to show up and take over our Spock's job. Then who's the Boy, lieutenant commander? I, I, I don't know. It's it's very confusing. You know, mm. I touch on some of these themes in my graphic novel, Transreality. Available from transreality.com. Yeah. I've still got a few boxes around here. So if anybody <laughs> wants one, you, oh, can, yeah, they're good. you can order one. It's beautiful, actually. Thank you. Well, he's not bothered about any of these problems. He forces them to leave without Spock. Beam us up, Scotty, is the second and final time something like the famous beam me up, Scotty, line is ever said on Star Trek. The first was in the Lorelei signal. Wow. Those are the only two times they said something similar and they've yeah. never actually said beam me up, Scotty. No. And you couldn't believe they left Spock behind. Couldn't believe it. They mm. never do that. No. No BFG left behind. Well, they didn't really have a choice. Mm. None of their weapons worked. What were they going to do? Oh, they always think of something, don't they? Well, sometimes you have to retreat. Yeah. Come up with a plan. Come back. Okay. On the ship, Uhura researches Big Doctor Five and finds a human male who, during the eugenics war, insisted a genetically superior master race was needed to keep the peace. He'd left Earth because they didn't agree with him. Yeah. Yeah. So he, <laughs> Stavos Caniculus, has been cloned four times since his death, each time larger than the last. What? You can't fit into anything. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Why? And it requires more food. Yeah, that's why he's got no shirt or trousers on. There's too much material and too much, too much sewing. <laughs> yeah, the human body was also not designed to be that large. The tallest man who ever lived was from Alton, Illinois, by the way, and he was 8'11". Wow. And he had a number of health problems associated with his size. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sure science can come up with ways to mitigate the problems with being big. Well, we're all getting taller, aren't we? Except me. <laughs> <laughs> the whole idea just seems very silly like since we can do anything in animation let's all make them giants <laughs> yeah <laughs> just because gene could yeah actually that's what gene did say uh, what does he sound like i don't know if you want to mr spark he doesn't, no. <laughs> it doesn't sound like that if you want to mr spark 50 feet tall it's as easy to draw him 50 feet tall or six feet tall then he'll go around the galaxy in his massive one giant ship, freaking people into being peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> I love Gene's ambition with it, though. Yeah, it's you know? true. It just seems... Don't pick at it too much. You're right. It's exciting. You're right. See a giant, you know? A giant it's dude. Kids. Yes, it's for kids. Yeah. So I don't know if Gene's nasal, but just because of some of the axes I've got to grind with him, I've give, <laughs> I give him a nasal voice there. <laughs> but I should also respect him more, shouldn't I? You know, I think everybody's got some beef with Gene. A lot of Star Trek fans I know don't hold him up to any kind of godlike status. You know, he's oh, yeah. definitely had his problems. You got your faults. Lucas and your Gene. Oh, boy, yeah. They're just guys. They're visionaries, aren't they? They're not, they're not always right. No. Kirk comes up with a plan that involves some old family recipe of McCoy's. I thought it would have been whiskey, <laughs> but it's not, we find out later. Also, Scotty builds them some special equipment since their phases won't work. Kirk then sneaks back down to the planet and tells Scotty to take the ship out of orbit so they'll think that everyone left. Then they sneak in. <laughs> the gang goes in it and they grab Agmar and they just kind of rough him up. Mm. And they force him to take them into the tunnels where Spock is being held. Yeah, it was a bit easy to take Agmar down, wasn't it? Just kind of an arm grab from behind move. Well, he's a plant. Maybe plants aren't that tough. Well, maybe. 
but they basically behave as humans. Mm. They don't have any poisonous darts, fast growing arms, thorns or something that they could have had since they're plants. And they've got at least 10 arms, but Kirk can just kind of treat it like it's a regular guy. <laughs> well, they probably blew all their animation budget on the fights with the bat thingies. Oh, so they couldn't have a whole foo section. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're kind of voiced like old guys as well, aren't they? So, And they're the last of their species, so they might be kind of yeah, elderly. They could be. Yeah. It's hard to tell. They're plants. Yeah. Agmar has them jump on these kind of floating platforms and they go down a large tunnel and the lights go out, but they can hear flapping. Agmar, use the belt lights. They don't operate. Agmar. Run. We've got to find some light. We can't do anything unless we can see what we're fighting. Don't stop. Try to stay together. Jim, up ahead. I see it. I really enjoyed the voice acting here. Yeah. I think it's getting better. It is getting better. It's pretty dynamic. They run towards a light and they find Big Doctor 5 has already cloned Spock and almost killed our Spock in the process. Oh. And he lies dying on a bed. Spock does our Spock. We see a giant Spock clone as big as Big Doctor 5. It's confused and can't respond, still processing the mind transfer. Swoopers, that's the dragon things, mm -hmm. fly in, but the gang have a sneaky plan. Face masks, including one for our Spock, and knockout spray being pumped out by McCoy. Yeah, it's yeah. insecticide. Oh, is it? Yeah. Why does oh. he have his grandfather's recipe for insecticide? <laughs> Farmers, I guess. But why would you have that on a starship? <laughs> well, he's memorized it. Like, the, the only recipes I have are family food recipes because and I... And you have them written down. And I have them written down <laughs> and I like to use them. Why would he use an insecticide? <laughs> Not insecticide. A weed killing spray. Oh, right. What? Why would he need to memorize that? Yeah. He might just be one of those guys who could never forget anything that he's, he's learned. Uh, so this is a new aspect of McCoy that we've gotten here? <laughs> sure. Anyway, yeah. He might have had a song to remember it by. Five quarts of acid in! <laughs> what do you put in it? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they used to kill plants. Yeah. I like that song. You oh, should, thanks. You should what work else? on that a little what, bit. Think of some ingredients. Uh, salt? Okay. Five quarts of acid in a cup of salt. <laughs> <laughs> what else is in it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, but... Something that rhymes with salt, because then you remember it, can't you? Send us in your songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if we weren't doing this right now, I yeah. could stop and look up the ingredients of weed spray. Yeah. And then maybe you can construct a song. Good idea. Based on that. And it'll be the new hit single. Another one time only song. <laughs> Sounds like time well spent. <laughs> For an episode that we've already covered on the show. Uh, next week. Look forward to that. The giants are not affected by this. In fact, they kind of leave the room and then come back later. Yeah. Kirk gets Uhura on the communicator. She's been working with Scotty to use the full ship's power to get a signal through to them. Mm. Kirk throws the communicator to Big Spock and it's like a tiny little thing in his hand. Mm. Uhura tells Big Spock her findings on Big Doctor 5 and his master race. This, with Kirk's questioning on the logic of killing one Spock to create another and a reminder about Idik gets through to Big Spock. Yes, that's infinite diversity in infinite combinations. I know. That is from the episode, Is There in Truth No Beauty? And of course, it does show up again in future Star Trek episodes, but it's neat that Walter yeah. Koenig is you know, tapping on those past episodes. Meanwhile, Kirk says, look, your plan is redundant. The Federation has had peace for a hundred years. Mm, I think it was. And we've reached it through agreement, not enforcement. Mm -hmm. 
So Big Doctor 5 smashes the glass case holding Spock. And now Spock is about to die. His, uh. his mind is gone. Big Spock, now more like the real Spock. He's yeah. kind of getting his, his wits about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, saves little Spock's life by doing a Vulcan mind touch. Oh. Which I guess is like a mind meld. Mind I'm meld, not sure what the difference is or if there is a difference. Yeah. But- so cute, though. <laughs> One big finger on little normal Spock's head. <laughs> Spock comes back to himself with a backhanded compliment for Kirk. He suggests his clone remain on the planet to help restore the asparagus race. We end with this. How does that sound to you, Caniculus? To bring life is at least as important as bringing peace. I I would be honored if I will be allowed. I'll report your work here. I think the Federation will understand. Now, by the way, Mr. Sulu, any chance of teaching me that body throw could come in handy sometime? I don't know, sir. It isn't just physical, you know. You have to be uh, inscrutable. Inscrutable? Sulu, you're the most scrutable man I know. And Sulu winks at the camera. (laughs) (laughs) What? Inscrutable, what? I thought scrutable meant that somebody could understand you and being inscrutable meant that they couldn't work you out. Sulu is the most scrutable person that he knows, being that he's the most easy Easy to to understand. understand and work out. So does that mean that he's shallow? Oh, does it? Or just honest? Or simple? Congruent. I guess. Well, I don't know. Wink. Is it because he's like, I'm gay, really? And I, you don't, don't know that yet. I don't think so. <laughs> no. I don't think so. But maybe. No. Uh, will be, will it? I know you have to be sneaky to be good at martial arts. Maybe it's kind of true what Sulu said. Hmm. But inscrutable is just a strange word. It's just odd. It's a very odd ending. Yeah. But maybe it's simply to teach children a new word. They all rushed to their, their dictionaries and looked it up. Yeah, Teachable maybe. moment. So let's get into concepts. A master race of clones enforcing peace. That's a new one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, wow, that's got me thinking. Well, it's interesting that they're peacekeepers as opposed yeah. to the people actually being in charge. Mm, how are they going to do it? I don't Very bizarre know. idea. This guy's plan didn't seem very well thought no, it out did not. for a number of reasons. Maybe he just felt so bad that he'd given everybody the cold plague. Killed them all off. He just came up with the best idea he had and ran with it. Well, gosh, I felt like the dude was insane. Yeah, it smacks of guilt to me. Been driven mad by the guilt. Yeah, but Kirk at the end goes, oh, no, just stay here and, you know, work on some stuff with giant Spock. (laughs) With giant Spock left to wander the universe. And that's weird, too, that there's like a giant duplicate of Spock. Who feels like he feels. Yeah, it's Spock. Whoa. It's Spock's mind and memories, which, in my opinion, that is who you are. Oh my god, what about when he ponfars? Oh, oh no. What's going to happen then? <gasps> they did not think this through. That's how thunder happens. <laughs> what? <laughs> when giant Spock ponfars. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah, how are they going to work that one out? I don't know. Uh, I can kind of start to understand why it's not canon now, but <laughs> I still like it. Yeah. Koenig took the cloning idea from the news at the time where there was a lot of interest in investigating the possibilities. Mm -hmm. This was 23 years before Dolly the Sheep. He also had the idea of the eugenics war, which he borrowed from the episode Space Seed and extrapolated that a bit. Mm. In Star Trek Monthly, Koenig said, I did about 10 drafts. I never thought I could get through 10 drafts. It was just an unbearable process. Gene kept saying, let's use talking vegetables. This is animation. Let's do this. Let's do that. So I had to keep making adjustments. (laughs) Sorry. 
<laughs> to accommodate the medium in which we were working. So that wasn't very pleasant. Oh, he turned down their offer to do another script. So wait a minute. Was that your impersonation of Walter <laughs> Koenig doing Gene Roddenberry? Was that what that was? No, that was just my impersonation of Gene never having heard him. Yeah, good, huh? This is my impersonation of John Travolta impersonating Christopher Walken. <laughs> How's it going? What'd you think? Oh, that just sounded like Christopher Walken. Well, John Travolta does a very good Christopher <laughs> Walken impersonation. You tricked me. <laughs> Koenig said that he doubted his ability as a writer. When somebody asks you to do 12 rewrites, you begin to think that you can't write at all. Oh, but of bet. course, so I found out later that Gene was always asking people to do rewrites and adding his ideas to the stories. Mm. He also wanted to do a voice for the giant villain. So they gave him an audition. Huh? But he knew that they were just humoring him with no intention of actually casting him. Aww. Yeah. So he was a little, you know, soured by this experience yeah, from everything I've like read. It. Yeah. Big Doctor Five was still trying to fulfill his mission, although peace had already been achieved without it. Mm -hmm. Kirk's persuasion skills were important in this episode, plus his knowledge of Spock, along with Uhura and Scotty's help. That saved the day. I like that. Yeah. It was ram-packed with concepts. There was a lot of stuff going yeah. on. That was interesting, though, to think about the idea of this guy working on something that was already solved. I was an inventor developing the basic light bulb. And I'm like, mm. I've created a light bulb. And then everybody goes, um, we've got fluorescent lights. We've got LEDs. Yeah. We've got all this other. And you're like, oh. Oh, they're way beyond what my brilliant achievement is. Bummer. And now they've left him with a giant Spock to invent some other thing that's already been around for 100 years no they're gonna try and save the race save the race yeah okay how though i don't know hmm spock smart reanimate some giant asparagus corpses yeah maybe make clones of them they said in the episode he tried to make clones of them but it failed oh okay and maybe spock could figure out what's wrong especially since he's 200 years past mm -hmm. what they have done he doesn't know how to clone stuff though does he spock knows everything oh sorry god ah humans brought a disease the common cold was it it sounded familiar the streptococcus or something do you remember the hg wells novel war of the worlds mm. that was how the martian invaders were defeated was by common cold was it yeah mm. tor.com said and given that spock has been regularly shown to be a kind of superman the idea that caniculus that's big doctor five views him as a perfect base for a clone army of telepathic soldiers with the strength of a vulcan and the passion of a human is actually a really clever extrapolation of how spock has been portrayed mm, no that he, they saw him as the ideal thing to clone to bring peace yeah that's strength, cool i yeah i justice. agree with that if it was going to be somebody it would be spock yeah but then again, aren't all Vulcans kind of awesome? I haven't met any nice ones except Spock. They all seem like right jerks, don't they? But they're all super smart and they're all super strong and mm. they live a long time. Yeah. So even though having talked about it, there's quite a few odd bits and flaws or holes in it. Mm -hmm. I still am going to give it 8 out of 10. Oh, and concepts. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. 8 out of 10. There's a lot going on here. It's weird. It's crazy. Mm. But that is kind of fun. Yeah. I was throwing so much at it and I think exploring some of those concepts in a decent amount of depth given how long the episode is yeah 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 enjoyment brings us into entertainment the voice acting's getting much better i think mm -hmm. do handed a lovely job of the asparagus alien agma 
Mm-hmm. He was also caniculus. Mm-hmm. And I think the main cast are finding a more dynamic style as well. It was cool because I didn't catch it was Doohan until a few minutes into it. Oh, no, me neither. But so he can do that kind of English-ish posh yeah. accent. Mm. Don't know what he was playing at last week then. Fast paced and lots of changes in location. Sometimes which seemed a bit arbitrary, kind of mm. going into one location and coming back out again. Yeah. But fabulous scenic design. A really weird vibe to it. Some good Sulu action. Good to see him back again. And Uhura having quite a bit of input on saving the day too with Scotty. Loads of different new aliens, all innovative, nothing we've seen before. A little bit disappointed that they couldn't make the plants more plant-like or have qualities that a plant well, might have yeah, or but that's, something. That's more of a conceptual idea. They just threw out a concept sure. and didn't do anything with it. They were so. animated well and the sound was cool. It still managed to feel a bit long though somehow. Seven out of ten. Again, I'm going to have to agree with you. Seven out of ten sounds right about on the mark. Well, Trek Magazine does not agree with us. They scored it one out of five. What? And Star Trek Magazine's Ultimate Guide gave it two out of five. That's harsh. Nah, that is harsh. I mean, it is weird there's a giant Spock. It is weird, but just get into it. I could see that throwing some people off. If you've watched it out there, let us know what you thought. Kid value. Themes of peace, but at what price is acceptable to gain peace? Mm -hmm. I think is an interesting ethical concept for them to wonder about yeah cloning and the ethics of that yeah i dick don't pick up weird creatures that's a good lesson isn't it <laughs> sure yeah you can learn the word inscrutable mm-hmm. yeah size doesn't make you more powerful they didn't really do anything those giants did they nothing no. physically no cool aliens maybe scary though and a room of cobweb covered corpses that's quite dark isn't it well yeah but they're plant dudes they look yeah. like asparagus so i'm gonna give it four out of five again i think it's too dense for most kids to get through no i'd say it's about right in the middle i'm gonna say three out of five for rafe's benefit for our benefit via rafe thank you rafe gonna give a retroactive score of five out of five for yesteryear what are you gonna give retroactively for five yesteryear? out of five yeah, yeah. it's it's freaking perfect could it be live is mm. the question ronberry says if we want to go to a planet where there is intelligent life form that is derived from plants we could do that in terms of the 50 foot spark dc said you could do that in the original series but not as well no it would have been hard to do the vulcan mind touch they would have to have a giant bear. finger come in and touch him yeah that would be kind of weird they would have really struggled with the swoopers the flying oh beams, yeah wouldn't no they? way again if they dumbed down all the stuff for how it looked on the screen it would have been difficult oh to my do god alive, yeah. no way yeah they could have never done it yes they've achieved a lot there my guess is i said the scientists would talk to the plants and they would coo back well they did not they talked normally multiple spocks well maybe the plants shape shift and become a spock army not really i mean i'm getting close ish to some of the ideas but imposing peace through worrying controlling means kind of yeah and the scientist is a missing starfleet man well he was human but no he predates starfleet by like over 100 years oh right right. the eugenics wars was in the 1990s of course yeah did you know that khan was a big fan of saved by the bell that was his favorite show (laughs) it's it's canon (laughs) it's all right because i'm saved by the bell He didn't like Screech, though. No. No, it drove him up the walls. Who did? Yeah. We took a whole episode on this one Mm -hmm. just because it was pretty complex and there's a lot of stuff going on. We felt like there was a lot to talk about. Next week, we may or may not do two. So we're just doing this by the seat of our pants, really. Yeah, well, let's go and watch this Magics of Megas 2 now and see how that goes. All right. That sounds great. Well, Rachel, thank you for watching Star Trek The Animated Series with me. I'm having a lot of fun revisiting this childhood favorite. Yeah, me too. Thanks, everybody out there. And don't forget to head over to Patreon.com if you are not yet a supporter on Patreon. 
Also, go check out the new podcast in research of that we have done the theme tune for. Yeah, it's a great podcast and lots of fun. And you're going to learn a lot. And with that, I'm Chris Aki. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to Rachel Watches Star Trek. Star Trek!